I didn't know I was doing this when I woke up this morning. So things might be a little weird. We're just going to deal with it. You see my friend Thomas back there, he got his wisdom teeth removed on Monday. Uh, he was scheduled to give the message this week. Uh, he wrote it. I'm speaking it. So let's just see how things go there. I'm just going to read this verbatim here. Um, so. I don't think we need to do introductions, seeing as how I already did them. Um, but you know, over the past couple weeks, over the past three weeks to be specific, we have been going over a sermon series called Will God Still Love Me If? Asking questions, will God still love me if I do this, if I feel this? Um, the first week, uh, we asked, will God still love me if I messed up? The answer, of course, is give me. Yes, thank you. Awesome. After that. We went over, will God still love me if I'm sad? Thank you, Ivan, for that message. And the answer is yes. All right. And we're two for two right now. Uh, third week, Eli, last week, brought a message on bullying, sort of, will God still love me if I have been bullied, if I bully people? Is there grace for bullies? And the answer is yes. All right. So that's three for three. This week, we're going to talk about, will God still love me? if I am lonely? And the answer is yes. Awesome. Let's go home. Uh, yeah? No? Okay. Uh, never mind. All right. So, you know, there's a little bit more to it than just that. But uh, here's the thing. When Thomas first started writing this sermon, he thought loneliness was purely a bad thing. And uh, as a disclaimer, uh, this sermon is not meant to discount what you are feeling. If you feel alone, that is legitimate. That is a true emotion that you have. We are creatures of community. We are created to desire community. I am an introvert, and I still like being around my friends. Maybe less than most people, but I still enjoy it. I still you know, find value in that, because I know what loneliness is. Loneliness is me sitting alone with my thoughts, nothing else to distract me. And uh, it's not a wonderful place to be. I don't know if you guys like being alone with your thoughts. Um, it's not, it's not pleasant. Uh, but throughout writing this sermon, Thomas sort of learned that loneliness can take many different shapes. It is all dependent on why you feel alone, where that loneliness is come from, coming from. And uh, 
For simplicity's sake, we're going to break this up into three simple sections. One, loneliness is because of others. Two, loneliness is because of your flesh. And three, it is because of God. We'll get to that last one. That one sounds interesting, doesn't it? All right. So loneliness because of others. First point, it is a tricky subject because it is not necessarily something that we have control over. You see, church, some things aren't in our control. Crazy idea. Um, And one of those things is how other people behave toward us, how other people treat us. See, we are bound to hurt each other in some way, shape, or form if we have community together, because that is what people do. We are not perfect. Occasionally, we say something that we wind up regretting. Occasionally, we do something that we wind up regretting. And to be honest, that's just human nature. Um, So I'm going to drop a bomb on y'all. I know it's going to sound crazy, but I have not always been this cool. I know, I know you're looking at me and you're like, what? No. Yeah, no, I was not this cool in high school. Um, You know, I was often one of the uh, people who was on the sidelines watching other people interact with each other. But I thought that I was one of the cool kids in high school. I was one of those band kids, you know. We were sitting there at our table at lunch, and, like, we're talking. I'm sitting there just eating my food and listening to all the other conversations. And eventually I would start listening in and hearing what they were saying, and I would get this very upsetting surprise. Uh they would, you know, have group chats without me. There were parties that I hadn't been invited to. Um, And, you know, part of it was a choice. Uh, I didn't go to parties during high school, but still knowing that I hadn't even been invited did leave a little bit of a, a little bit of a pain uh, in my heart. But, you know, if you've been excluded, if you've been excluded in the past, you know that uh, you aren't alone in that, you know. Everybody gets left out of something at some point. A group that we thought we were close to winds up leaving us out of something. That is a, just part of being in community with people as well. Um, but when people fail, I hope you understand that God does not fail. See, God doesn't leave you alone. And here at church, you have a community that will help you, a community that will love you, and a community that will be there for you. That is our goal. We, you know. Uh, Eli has made it his goal every week. Every single one of you gets asked how your week is going at least once. We ask how you're doing. We check in. We make sure that you feel welcomed and known here. That is our, that is our aim. But Thomas, oh, wait, no, that one, uh, Matthew, but Matthew, the church was my community, and they abandoned me. They left me and excluded me, and now I'm experiencing this loneliness because of the church. Well, the church is also people. It's just people. Like, it is primarily a human construct. The idea of the church, that concept, came from God. But humans are the ones who carry it out. And so, it's bound to make mistakes. The church is not perfect. And on behalf of the church, if you have been left out before, I want to apologize. I want to say that I am sorry. That is not what the church is supposed to be about. And if you've had to, you know, feel like you have to jump through hoops and, you know, do all sorts of tricks to fit in, you have to wear a different face to be part of the community here, that simply isn't the fact, that simply isn't the truth. Um, And I'm, yeah, yeah, you know, it's just the human condition. (sighs) Wow, that was loud. So, one thing that is also true. We can't read your minds. If you feel left out, 
if you feel like you are not known here, we might not necessarily be aware of that fact. In fact, odds are, if you feel alone, it's because we don't think that you do at that point. So please, approach one of your leaders. Tell us if you are feeling alone because you have been excluded from groups here. We want to make you feel included. We want this to be a place where everyone can gather together under one God. You know, we had one weekend, uh, two weekends ago. That's what the purpose is, to let you know that we are all one church. Everyone who is a Christ follower belongs to a singular community united by God, because God is a God of unity. But loneliness because of others isn't the only type of loneliness. I already mentioned this. Loneliness because of your flesh is also a very real thing. So for this, Let's take a look at uh, the story of the prodigal son, uh, parable of the prodigal son. Uh, if you've been in church for a long time, I'm sure you've heard this at least once. Uh, but, you know, we'll go over it anyway. Um, go ahead and... Uh-oh. Go ahead and go to Luke 15, 14 through 16. All right. So, after he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. Imagine what it must have been like to be this guy. You know, you're all alone, you're eating the same food as pigs, and, uh, you know, in Bible times, pigs were considered to be very filthy animals. They were, you know, in the mud and kind of disgusting. So you, a human who... By all rights, you know, you were born into a wealthy family. You ask your father for your inheritance before he dies, and your father grants it to you, and then you find yourself in the midst of a famine eating with pigs because you spent all your money. You squandered the fortune that you had been given. That is loneliness because of flesh, loneliness because of your sin. Your sin nature isolates you from others and puts you in a position of disadvantage. And loneliness is not the root problem, but the result. There's a causation there. Uh, you sin, and because of shame, you feel lonely. And we know how this story ends, if we've heard it before. The son, realizing his need, gives up his pride and runs back to his father. And his father, instead of punishing him and, you know, uh, just letting him become a servant in his house, runs to him and welcomes him back with open arms. See, the Father, our Father, when we know that we need him and that we have isolated ourselves because of our shame, because of our guilt, he will run to us recognizing our need the moment that we call out to him in earnest because that is who he is. He is a God who pursues us. So you are not alone in your sin, in your shame, because God will not allow you to rest there if you simply call out to him in earnest and repent of that sin. You have to not only bring it to God, but bring it to the community that you, are, you find yourselves in. Bring it to the people around you, because the people around you, if they are Christians, if they are Christ followers, they know their sin as well. And they will not isolate you. Instead, they will welcome you back with open arms just as Christ does. If they are true Christ-following people, they will welcome you back 
They will want you to know that you are not alone in your shame, that your shame does not have control over you. And also, there's sort of a cumulative property of sin and shame here. Loneliness doesn't have to just be a byproduct of sin and shame, but it can also be the root of that sin and shame. You know, there's a lot of times where you find yourself alone and you're just kind of scrolling on your phone and eventually you find yourself looking at something that you shouldn't be looking at. You know, that happens. And uh, that's loneliness leading into sin. Loneliness is a place where alcohol creeps in, where drugs creep in, where certain relationships with people that aren't necessarily according to biblical principles sneak in. That loneliness, that isolation, makes you feel like you have to look somewhere else to find that fulfillment, that community, that not being alone, or something to distract you from it, something to just make you forget that you're alone for a little bit. So the question you have to ask yourself when you're alone is, who are you when no one is looking? What do you do when no one is around? Are you pursuing what is righteous and holy? Or are you letting your flesh lead the way? Are you allowing your sin nature to determine the path that you take when you are by yourself? And finally, the one that was kind of, you know, a little weird, sounds a little weird. We have loneliness because of God. Well, let's look at this one. For one thing, you are never alone because God is always with you. But there are moments in which God wants to take you out away from people and isolate you, to get you by yourself, to show you something new, to prepare your heart for what he is going to do in it. You see, at the end of the story of the prodigal son, the son wasn't ready for his inheritance, so he wasted it and ended up in a very low place. He squandered the blessing before he was prepared to receive it, and then the father welcomed him back after he had understood what he needed to, where his heart needed to be, the posture of his heart to accept that blessing and receive it. See, I want you to believe me when I say that there are moments where you are alone with God and those are some of the most important moments you will ever have in your life. Those are the moments where God is trying to prepare you for something great and something wonderful. And then there are also moments where you are alone because God is trying to draw you closer to his voice so you know when to change course. Let's take a look at David for an example. In Sam, 1 Samuel, put it up there because I don't have chapter numbers. 1 Samuel 16, 11 through 13. Then Samuel said to Jesse, are all your sons here? And he said, there remains yet the youngest, but behold, he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, send and get him, for, he will not, for we will not sit down till he comes here. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy and had beautiful eyes and was handsome. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. And Samuel rose and went to Ramah. See, David was alone in a field. He was praying. He was listening to God. He was a shepherd. One of the reasons David had such a close relationship with the God to the point where God called him a man after his own heart 
was because David had spent the time alone with God to develop the ability to hear his voice more clearly, to understand what God was saying when the time came to make, take action. See, just as God prepared David to become king eventually, God wants to prepare you for the blessings he has in store for you, but it takes time. It takes time learning how to listen to God's voice, that devotional that you do in the morning, the time of prayer before you go to bed. Those things are vital to your relationship with God because they are allowing you to listen more closely to the words that God has planned for you, to understand what his purpose is in your life. See, the world around us is deafening. There are opinions thrown at you left and right all day long. There is never a moment where you have absolute silence as soon as you leave your house. And if there is, lucky you, man, I mean, I don't get that. But God puts us in these periods of isolation where it is just you and him for the express purpose of you being able to understand his voice and hear him in the silence and eventually hear him in that deafening noise. See, he is trying to prepare you for the blessings he wants to give you, but also he is trying to provide you with the discernment to know when to, be, when to stop and to be content with what you have. Contentment, satisfaction. God provides that in those moments of silence. Let's see, during one weekend, we did uh, this thing. We were worshiping here in the gym, and uh, eventually... There came a time when Eli came up, got a mic, and challenged everybody. Uh, I believe it was 30 seconds of silence. 30 seconds of silence. And people were uncomfortable in that. Some people felt like it took an eternity. Because those moments of silence are so rare that when we finally get silence, we don't know what to do with it. Because silence is a gift. I think right now, we can take a moment to rest in that silence, to be present in what God has for us. Because I think training yourself to be comfortable with that silence could be one of the best things that you do with your time. Just a minute of silence could impact your heart and show you what God has planned for you if you are willing to open up and listen to him. So I'm gonna get a timer. Just do a minute of silence, why not? So, I know we just covered a lot of stuff, um, but I want you to leave. I want to leave you with 
some promises from scripture, because no matter the circumstance, you aren't ever alone. And the church is a promise that God makes through himself, through his sacrifice, because as it says in Matthew uh, 28, 19, 18 through 20, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. He is with us always to the very end of the age. Jeremiah 29, 13, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. 1 Corinthians 3.16, do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? Romans 8.38 and 39, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, church, we have a God that is a God of relationship. We have God that will find you even if you are wandering by yourself. We have a God that even if you feel as if no one around you understands what you were going through, he knows. We have a God that is walking with us through it all. So let us rest in that promise of his presence in our lives. I'm going to close this in prayer and then Eli will come up and give us some announcements. God, I thank you that you are a God who is present. I thank you that you are a God who is with us through all things. Praise you because you are a God who loves unconditionally. Praise you because you are a God that will never leave us nor forsake us. Praise you because your love is unstoppable. And I ask that you would just help us to remember that through this week, that you would help us to remember it through our lives, that whenever we are feeling alone, that you would remind us that you are present, that you are here for us, and that we can lean on you in our moments of weakness. I pray that you would help us to be people who remind others of God's presence. And I pray that you would just help us to live as examples of your love to the people around us and help others to understand that they are not alone in their struggles and in their trials. I ask that you just guide us through this week and help us to remember you in our moments of need. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.